Even the impossible is possible with God. One of my favorite scriptures is Luke 18, 27. What is impossible with man is possible with God. God has the power to take what is dirty and make it clean. He can take what is broken and bring healing. He can take what is in despair and fill it with hope. God is changing people's lives. And it may very well be that God begins to change your life today. And if that happens, if that begins to happen, please, I'm going to ask you to do something. Text this number, 845 845- Seven six, and, and type this with no spaces, welcome to hope. We want to talk to you. We want to help in any way we can. If God is at work in your life, then we want to shepherd you. We want to encourage you in the way that God is leading you. See, we're in this series right now for the whole year, 2020 vision, come see what God can do. And we know that God can change lives. We know that God can fill people with hope. And, and as those who've experienced this living hope, as living hope, we want to impact our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with this hope of Jesus. And we want to encourage you to be open to the reality that that God may very well be at work in your life. God may very well be calling you to walk in him, to return to him, and to experience his blessing. You may think that's not possible. Friends, hear me. What is impossible with man is possible with God. God can do it. And I would encourage you to be open to what God is going to say through his word today. As we continue in this this year-long series of Come See What God Can Do, we're in a few weeks series right now as we're, we're seeking to understand how we are to celebrate. We are to see the celebrations of life. You know, life is often complicated and complex, but there are some very significant and, and, and simple celebrations that God wants us to experience. And when we are walking with God through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, we can see these celebrations with with a fresh perspective. We can enjoy them and enjoying them bring glory to God. You know, right now there are a lot of there are a lot of graduates that are pretty bummed out. And I get it. And and to all of you who are supposed to be experiencing a graduation ceremony this weekend or in the next few weekends, let me just say, I'm so sorry. But but let me also encourage you, even though you're missing out on a ceremony, you're still taking the step. You're still stepping into what is next, what God has for you. And and not only are the, the graduates from high school and college stepping into a new reality, Uh, stepping beyond school into this new world, uh, we're all about to take a big step. We're all about to step out of this season of quarantine. Now, we don't know what that world is going to be like, just like the graduates. They don't know what, what world they're walking into. But here's what we do know. God knows. And here's what we, we have a hope in, is that God has a plan for everything that, that we're about to experience. And our text today is going to help us to understand how God is at work so that we can take this big step and celebrate the steps that God has for us. Our text today is uh, kind of a famous text. It's actually uh, the favorite text of of many believers. It's a a scripture that God gave to Joshua to speak to the the people as they were uh, preparing to take a big step into the promised land. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's now go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, we're going to be in verse 8 and 9. Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, and I'm going to read that right now. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Well, friends, let's, let's talk about this text. Let's, first of all, let's understand the background of this text. Joshua is now stepping into leadership because Moses has died. And Joshua has now been called by God to lead these people into the promised land. Now, these were not real easy people to lead. They had been in slavery for 400 years. And after that slavery, they were supposed to go straight into the promised land. But because they disobeyed God, they had to wander in the desert for 40 years. All the while, God was providing for them food known as manna. And, and now they're about to enter into this promised land. They're about to take a big step into a new reality. And the manna is going to stop falling. They're going to have to live off of the land. They're going to have to trust God and walk into this new reality. They're going to have to get beyond what they've known and enter into a new world. The good news for them is they had every reason to have hope. And the good reason for us is that we have every reason to have hope. The God who was guiding them is the God who is now willing to guide us. He is a God who does not change. He is a God full of love and compassion. He is a God who has a plan for the whole world. And he's working out that plan in the world. And he's a God who's promised for everyone who repents and believes in his gospel that he will be with us always. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, we are born in a broken condition. See, we, we use this thing called three circles. And the three circles sort of explain reality and how our lives can be changed. See, God's design was perfection. It was harmony. But because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, there's now brokenness in our lives. Our relationship with God is broken. Our hearts are broken. Our relationships with other people are often strained. And there's brokenness there. Every relationship you have that is struggling, the, the source of that struggle is sin. And the, the reason why our relationship with God is broken is because of sin. But God did not abandon us in our sin. God did not abandon us and tell us, well, you, you made this bed, you sleep at it. He didn't leave us. Instead, God came to be with us. That's the gospel. The good news is that God took on flesh, lived a holy life, and died to pay for our sin. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And everyone who repents, that is, turns away from a, a life on their own, believes that Jesus is God, that he's paid the penalty for our sins, and, and ask him to, to lead and guide they will be born again. They will have new life so that they can pursue and recover God's design. And that's a big step. And when you make that step, it's going to make all the other steps that you make pretty much clear. The next step that you need to make after receiving Christ, repenting and believing the gospel, is to be baptized. Baptism is an important step. It announces that you have a relationship with God and you're going to live in him and with him and for him forever. There's always a step after a big step. There's always a number of steps that have to be taken. Let me ask you, what's your next step in life? What's next for you? 
You know, right now, governments and businesses and churches are all trying to figure out what steps they need to take to open up. And there's a lot of steps. There's so many things to consider. You know, right now, there are a lot of graduates, high school and college graduates, who are trying to figure out, okay, now what do I do? Do I, you know, for, for some, do I continue to, to get another degree? Do I go and do I continue to get more education? Do, do I need to go and, and maybe get into the workforce? What's my next step? What do I need to do? And, and if we're honest, a, a lot are overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed with what decision we need to make. I mean, quite honestly, I'm, I'm overwhelmed half the time if I want to go into a grocery store. Do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? Uh, do, I, do I actually go into the store or should I just do the pickup thing? Do I go into the office or, or should I stay home and continue to work from a computer? How am I supposed to relate to people? All these things, they can get so overwhelming. And, and as you're thinking about the future, I know some of you who are mothers, you're thinking, do I need to stay home or do I need to go back to work? Some of you are thinking, is this job that I've been in, is it the right job? Is it going to continue? Do I need to begin to look for another job? There are so many questions that are coming at us right now. And, and here's what I want to assure you. God does have a plan. And sometimes the best thing we can do is not get overwhelmed with all the steps that we need to take, but we need to think about how we're taking those steps. For those who have trusted in Christ, Romans 8.28 is a great comfort. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Here's what we can know. God has a plan for what we're going through. And we need to stay focused on him. We need to be focused on what he's doing and, and join him in, in the process that he's laid out for us. You know, how we take our steps in life is so very important. And our text shows us how to take these steps. Shows us that we not only need to celebrate the steps we've taken, but celebrate the, the big step that is in front of us and to take it with faith. There are three things that I would encourage you to take note of that our text reveals to us today about those who are disciples of Jesus Christ and what we can do, how we can celebrate and take the next step that God has for us. The first thing I would encourage you to take note of is this. Disciples of Jesus can celebrate and take each step on the path God provides. We can, we can, we can take each step, we can celebrate it and take each step on the path God provides. Now, if you would go back to Joshua chapter one, let's look at verse eight. It says this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Look at this. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So God has provided the best way in life. It is a narrow way. Jesus said this about God's way in the world. Enter the, by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Most will not go in this way. Even some who claim to be Christians are not really in this way. See, to be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus. And to follow Jesus is to say, you are the leader. You are right. 
I trust you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to go in your way. That's what it is to enter into the narrow way. It is to repent of, of going your own way and pursuing your own desires and instead say, Lord, I, I don't want to do what I want. I want to do what you want. Forgive me and now guide me. Understand that the narrow way is the way of faith, not sight. We have to trust God and believe him and then we will see. It's often hard. We won't always understand what God's doing in any particular moment. There are going to be difficulties that God's going to allow to come for his purpose. And it is a way that is found by few. But those who are pursuing and recovering God's design, they are those who are in this way. Again, when we look at three circles, we understand that repenting and believing the gospel is not the end. It's the beginning of this life in Christ. By repenting and believing the gospel, we are born again. We gain a new life so that we can pursue and recover God's design. Let me ask you, are you in the path that God provides? Are you pursuing and recovering God's design? The fact is, we are born with a natural desire and we have a, a natural uh, want to go our own way. But our own way is not good. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Sin leads to death. And, and when we sin, what we're basically saying to God is, I'm right, you're wrong. Or we're saying, you know, my situation is so unique that it allows me to disobey you, God. Or, you know, my need is so significant. I can just ignore you, God, because, you know, I'm right and you're wrong. And, and I've got this all figured out. Please understand, it is never right to do the wrong thing and disobey God. You know, Joshua and the people, they had to, they had to turn away from the bondage of the slavery of Egypt they had to get beyond that desert and they had to trust God to enter into God's plan and God's way of life for them. Those who are followers of Jesus, they have to turn away, that is repent of the bondage of sin. They have to get away from desert living, just getting by and instead trust God and walk in his way and experience all that he has. Joshua was told what to do and we learned what to do in our text. We have to trust the Lord. Joshua was ready to walk in God's way and we need to be ready to walk in God's way. See, on the path that God provides, three things to note here. His, his, his word must be in our heads. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Before it gets in your mouth, it's got to go through your mind. And, and what God has done is he's given us his scripture, his word. This is, this is not man's word about God. This is God's word to man. And we need to know the scripture. We need to know this word. And it needs to be in our head. But even more than that, it's a word that must move our hearts. Look what it says. But you shall meditate on it day and night. To meditate on something is to let it simmer in, to really get down into your heart so that you feel it. There's one thing to know facts. There's another thing to feel the truth of them. And God wants us to meditate on his word, to read it, to, to understand what it means, but then to really get down into us what it is saying so that we feel this truth and it gets down through meditation in our, heart, in our heart. And on the path that God provides, not only must his word be in our heads, his word must move our hearts. And finally, his word must determine our hands. Look what this says. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
It is when his word is in our head, it's moving our hearts and it's directing our hands and what we to do. It's then that we are walking in this path. It's then that there is prosperity. It is then that we have good success. Again, let's be so careful, understanding that prosperity and success are not always experienced with comfort. Jesus Christ experienced prosperity and success in dying on the cross and being raised because that was God's will for his life. It wasn't always comfortable, but it was always right. We have to understand that that prosperity and success is fulfilling your divine destiny. You know, we humans, we're very smart. And we have a way of making excuses for ourselves. We have a way of discounting God. Psalm 94 verse 7 says this, and they say, the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob does not perceive. It's so easy to convince ourselves that our decisions aren't a big deal. It's just going to impact me. Friends, you need to understand every decision you make will impact the people who love you the most. It will also impact God because God loves you the most. Your decisions matter. And what God is calling us to is a way of life that is determined according to his word that is true because it's moving our hearts and it's making us choose decisions that that work out themselves in our hands. Friends, are you walking in the path God provides? Maybe your next step needs to be to trust in Jesus Christ right now to repent, that is turn away from self-sufficiency and believe that God loves you, that, that God has come for you and he will give you a new life. Maybe you need to receive that life right now. You can do that right now. Just say, God, please forgive me. I know Jesus died for my sins. Jesus, lead me. I repent of my own self-sufficiency. I trust in you. If you've prayed that prayer, maybe your next step is to be baptized. Maybe you need to let everyone know what God's done. Maybe you need to return to God. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've wandered away from that path and your next step needs to be back to God, back in his way. Friends, if today this is happening in your life and God is calling you to this, please text us at 84576, welcome to hope. We wanna help. And, and, And this is God's will. There's a reason why you're hearing this right now. Respond in faith. Respond in faith to what God is saying. And now take note of the second thing our text teaches us. See, understand and take note. Disciples of Jesus can celebrate and take each step with the provision God provides. With the provision that God provides. Look at this provision in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. God is gracious and he gives strength and courage to his people. So, So we do not have to be frightened or dismayed. Isaiah chapter 40 beginning in verse 29. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, the way God gives strength is not the way we give or the world gives strength. No, strangely enough, God gives strength to us when we are weak. God gives strength to us in our weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse nine. But he said to me, 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we stop relying on us and start relying on Christ, we gain strength. Years ago, my family and I were at the beach and I was watching a, a young family as they were packing up all their stuff and mom and sister had already gone and dad and the little boy, probably around two or three years old, were packing up the stuff and the little boy had done a good job of packing all his toys up in, into a bag and he was beginning to drag that bag and dad saw him struggling so he said, hey buddy, let me carry that bag for you and he said, my do it. <laughs> and so they take a few more steps and he's struggling and dad says, buddy, come on now, let, let me carry that back for you. He said, my, do it. And so this happened two or three times. And, and finally, the, the little boy, he looked up at his daddy, he said, daddy, do it. And I love that moment because the daddy didn't just grab the bag. The daddy grabbed the boy with the bag and carried them both. And that's what God does with us. When we repent of self-sufficiency, when we decide that we're not going to do life on our own anymore, and we say, Daddy, do it. Forgive me of my sin. Take over my life. I want to be a follower of yours. He lifts us up. Mary Stevenson, when she was 14 years old, she wrote a very famous poem called Footprints in the Sand. The poem ends like this. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I've noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, my son, my precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Friends, we are... We are rarely going to know what will happen after a big step, what the next step needs to be, what the result of our steps will be, but we can know for certain that God knows and that he will provide. He is the good shepherd. Friends, let me ask you, is he your good shepherd? You say, what's a good shepherd? Psalm 23 describes it for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Many of you know that truth in your head. Do you know it in your heart? Do you know for certain that the Lord is your shepherd? Maybe your next step needs to be to say to God, Daddy, do it. I don't want to live on my own anymore. I don't want to have to suffer the consequences of my sin in eternity. I want you to forgive me 
I, I want Jesus to pay for my sin. I want Jesus to be my leader through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk with you, God. Maybe today your step needs to be, God, I got to come back to you. I've, I've wandered from you. I've been trying to do it on my own. Daddy, do it. Daddy, do it. Maybe this morning you just need to say that whatever circumstance you're facing, it may very well be you're facing a difficulty and the reason why you're so worn out and the reason why you're so frustrated and angry and scared and why you don't feel strong is because you're trying to do it. Maybe your next step this morning is to say, Daddy, do it. Take this burden. I'm going to walk with you. Carry me as you need to, but I'm going to follow you. Again, friends, if you want to pray that right now, pray that. Repent of your sin. Believe in Christ. Just tell God. Just tell him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to restore to you uh, the, the life that you once had in Christ if you've wandered away. If you're beginning that new relationship with God, let us know. Again, text us, 84576, Welcome to Hope. We, we want to help you with this next step. The third and last thing that I would show you in this text today, and the thing I want you to take note of is this. Disciples of Jesus can celebrate and take each step in the presence God provides. In the presence God provides. Look at verse 9, the last part. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with his people and we can count on him. Hebrews 13, beginning in verse five says this, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can say confidently, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We often wrongly believe that money is the answer to all of our problems. To be honest with you, Many times, money is the beginning of problems. It's by trusting in a created thing, thinking that we can buy our way out or we can get enough stuff that, that it'll fill up the emptiness in our eternal soul. Friends, that's just not going to happen. We need the eternal God to fill that void. And, and trusting in money and trusting in things, it's never going to satisfy. God, God has chosen. He's willing to be our Helper, I love that. The, the, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It says the Lord is my, that word helper, the, 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 group, the Greek word for that is beathos. And it's one who provides help or assistance, a patron, one who supports a person or an endeavor. And God is our provider. He is our helper. He is the one who will come and give us not only the strength, but the direction. He will provide with his very presence all that we need as we walk with him. And because God is our helper, our provider, we need not fear. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Remember, God does not always heal the injury, remove the pain, fix the problem. Sometimes he gives us the strength and faith to endure with hope. That hope comes because God is with us. Friends, God is with his people. Those who have repented and believed the gospel, he is with us and he wants us to love him. And because we love him, we obey him. When we love and trust him, Jesus said, 
will obey him. John 14, 15 says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And what's so amazing is the more that we walk with God, the more we trust God, the more we live in his presence, what we realize is that what he's commanding us to do is not burdensome, it's a blessing. First John chapter five, beginning in verse three, it says this, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Here's what we know. God is at work in the world. God is all powerful and he loves us. God has a plan. And what he wants us to do is to walk in that plan. I know some of you are graduating and you're wondering what's next for me. Don't worry so much about all the steps that are ahead of you as much as how you're taking those steps. Take those steps in the strength that God provides. Take those steps in the presence of God. Take those steps according to the word of God and what he's revealed to be true of himself. Rather than counting on you, rather than counting on things and, 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 and other, other created means, instead, look to the God of the universe. Look to the God who cares for you and experience him. There's three distinct ways that we experience God. One is through his word. God has revealed himself in the Bible. And the more we read the Bible and the more the Holy Spirit enables us to understand what it says and what it means, the clearer God will come into our vision. And the more we know of God, the more we will love God. And the more we love God, the more we will obey him. And as we walk in that way, we can in all circumstances celebrate the Lord. When we take those big steps into the world, here's what we can know. God has a plan. As long as we are walking in his way, in his presence, we can walk with confidence. And, and a second way that God uh, reveals himself, the way God allows us to experience him is through his church. You know, God calls us to be the body of Christ. Each one of us has a place in that body. If you are a Christian, you belong to God. He's bought you with the blood of Jesus. He's filled you with the Holy Spirit. And he has a plan for you within a local church. If you're not a member of a local church, let me invite you to do something. Be a part of our church. Be a part of Living Hope. And maybe you want to start off just kind of getting to know us a little bit more. The best way to do that is just to get connected with us. Get connected with a group of people who are regularly studying the word and, and, and regularly seeking to understand God. If you're interested in membership, if you're interested in, in maybe connecting in a small group and getting to know other Christians and, and, and digging into that word and nurturing one another and advancing what God is doing in the world, let me encourage you to email Write this down, connect at lhbg.org. And one of our ministers will contact you and talk with you about your next step into experiencing who God is through his church. We experience God not only through his word and through his church, but also through his Holy Spirit. Now we're gonna dig into that 
deeply that whole idea of, of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit in a couple of weeks. And I cannot wait to unpack this with you. And I hope that you'll make plans to join us. But we're going to be dealing with what the scripture says about this third person of the Trinity, this person who is the Holy Spirit of God, who came on that Pentecost Sunday, having been promised by God. For those who believe the Spirit of God not only seals us until the day of judgment, but he fills our lives. He guides us in truth. He, he reminds us that we are loved and he shows us God's will and God's way. Friends, let me ask you, what's your next step? What's your next step in your life right now? It may very well be that up to this moment, you've been taking your steps on your own. Don't do that anymore. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Repent of your self-sufficiency. Repent on doing things your way and, and believe that Christ paid for your sins by dying for them, that he has been raised. Believe that and know that he loves you, that he is alive and he will live in you and you in him and you can pursue and recover God's design. Again, it may very well be that your next step is to get back in, in that right relationship with Jesus. Maybe there was a day when you repented and believed. Maybe you've gotten away from him. Maybe today is the day you come back. Maybe today is the day that you renew your hope in the gospel of, of who God is and what he's doing in the world. And friends, we, we all face challenges, trials. They're, they're not, <laughs> they're, they're not uh, anything that's confusing to God. God knows, God sees, God cares. God's got a plan. And if we will look to him in faith and we will trust in what he's doing, we can have hope. And so I want to encourage you today to ask God for help. Daddy, do it. Commit yourself to Christ. Lord, I will follow you. Know that he is revealing himself. He's doing a work in the world. Yes, we're about to enter into a new reality. Graduates, you're about to enter into a new reality. Everybody else, we're about to enter into a post-quarantine reality. What's it going to be like? We don't know. God knows. Let's take his hand by faith. Let's surrender to his leadership. And let's ask him for help. Let's ask him to fill us with hope. Let's experience what only God can give and let's celebrate it every single day. Let's pray towards that end now. Father God, we thank you that you have not abandoned us. We can have hope. If we will repent and believe, we can have new life. In this new life, we can walk with you and you will be our strength as we acknowledge our weakness. You will lift us up. You will guide us. You will bless us according to your purpose and your will. Lord, give us the faith to trust in your provision, to know that you're speaking through your word, that you're at work in the church and that you're calling us to be a part of what you're doing in the world through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, bless those who are graduates. Bless those who are about to enter into a new reality to have hope. And bless us all, God, as we enter into this new reality, as we're anticipating a, a world where we don't know how it's going to turn out with this virus. We don't know how it's going to turn out in, in, in our lives, what, what lies ahead in our journey, but we can trust you. So would you today, oh God, would you give us faith? Would you give us hope? Would you allow us to look to you 
And then, Lord, for needs that, that, are, that are needed, things that, that, that maybe we have that are needs or maybe that people we care about or know that have needs, would you hear us even right now as we pray for them? And wherever you are right now, lift up your needs to the Lord. Lift up a person that needs God's help and God's strength. Ask God to provide. Father, we thank you that you provide. We thank you that you love us. And we thank you that you are calling us to the next step. And I pray that we will take that next step in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thank you for joining us. And it is my prayer that the Lord will bless you and keep you. That the Lord will turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord will lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Until we see each other again, God's blessing on you.